0: communication, social media, promotion, and business leadership. Let's do it. This is the Author to Authority podcast. And now your host, the extraordinary word ninja, Kim Thompson-Pinder.
1: Welcome to the Author to Authority podcast. And today I have Tyler Horsley with us. And I am excited for this conversation because I love networking. I love meeting new people and Tyler doesn't know this, but I'm going to PodFest in a couple of weeks. So I will have already been by the time this comes out in March, but I am excited to go just meet a whole bunch of other podcasters and talk podcasting. So this idea of networking just thrills me so Tyler I'm so happy to have you with us today and he's a CEO he's an investor business growth advisor speaker philanthropist AI builder investor I mean you kind of done it all have you not Tyler
2: (laughs) I'm trying yeah thanks for having me on by the way
1: (laughs) so Tyler just before we kind of get into because I know you've got a lot of teaching and training today on how to create that loyal network since this is especially since this is your first time on the Author to Authority podcast, I would love just for you to share a few minutes about your story. and, And, you know, how did you get into teaching and training and helping people create these amazing networks?
2: Sure. Yeah. So brief story. I actually came from federal law enforcement. (laughs) So I know it seems kind of strange or like a big leap and a jump to building your networks and digital marketing and business growth and more, but I actually had the opportunity to work with about 40,000 people a day, pretty intense. Uh, And then prior to that, I grew up in restaurants, so I was able to serve, get to know people. Uh, But I think what's underneath that is being able to anticipate needs uh, learn how to kind of read people or develop EQ, whatever you want to call that. Uh, and so that I, you know, naturally translated after my federal law enforcement career to marketing and networking. And yeah, you already clarified, but networking from a people and network defines net worth sense, not, you know, an IT networking person. So but <laughs> that's, that's a really, really brief version of the story, but I've enjoyed it thoroughly. And um, relationships matter tremendously, even over or just as important as marketing knowledge. So
1: That is so cool. So how did you specifically start your company, though?
2: (laughs) Yeah, because it is a leap, right? So I was working in uh, basically military contracting space. I'll keep it at that. And I've always kind of been a computer nerd, so I worked in uh, logistics, trying to keep it broad on purpose. I apologize, but I kind of had the affinity for why do things work the way that they work. And I started moving into... Marketing and I've always been entrepreneurial. So I had a full-time job at 12 been working ever since even through middle school high school Paid my way through college did all the things right checked all those boxes and so these two worlds kind of collide collided and I like the idea of exclusive knowledge and I like the idea of growing businesses and so while I was at that Organization kind of call it off time. I started teaching myself SEO So I started learning coding, went through Code Academy and just like all these DIY platforms that are available online. Now, just then making it available doesn't mean, obviously, that you're going to gain expertise. It takes a lot of time. Uh, But hey, fast forward 15 years, here I am. (laughs) So um, yeah, so I I started nuclear networking in a basement uh, up by Boulder, Colorado, and grabbed one of my buddies who was also a nerd, but he was an electrical engineer at the time and and then another buddy um who did business marketing and positioning basically just started this and it's the common story i call it the fight club story but genuinely sleeping on bunk beds in a basement for for four nights a week eating ramen doing all the things and just continued to grow you know the organization and that's that's actually how it started a lot of people don't
1: know that is so cool so let me just ask you a couple of questions because you know most of the listeners are consultants professionals speakers coaches entrepreneurs you know you were you were working you were growing this on the side you know you were you were doing all these things how did it make you feel because you know i know for me like my journey in entrepreneurship has one of been little 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 drop little 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 drop right Mm -hmm. And so I I love to hear that part of the story because I think it encourages our listeners because sometimes, you know, they look at people like you and you've had quite a level of success and things like that. But I love to hear a bit of the backstory because I think it encourages everyone to know that, hey, you are a normal person, just like the rest of us. Yeah. And, you know, what are some of the things that you went through that will help our audience and encourage them in their journey?
2: Sure. I do separate from business entirely to provide really short context, really being able to kind of dive deep and I I call it like work on introspection is pretty important for people's growth. And so prepare, but as a filter to listen to this through, I've probably knocked 10 years off of my life with stress. So Mm. throwing that out there for everyone, not easy at all. In any way felt like an uphill battle the entire time. It still feels like a battle and what I, I to, um, a neurologist and more on podcasts. I love, so love podcasts and it's a good way to make use of windshield time, right? So if yeah. you're driving, you're stuck in traffic, learn, get involved. Right. So anyway, I listened to a neurologist and, um, one of these, one of these individuals, he's kind of getting over into the, the, the science of motivation and more, but he said, it's super important to fall in love with the journey, not the outcome. And I think that that's the differentiator because it's easy to look from the outside and see a lot of, Hey, here's what this person has, or here's what they've achieved and, and, and then I'm going to replicate that in, in the first 20 failures or a hundred, because they never end. People give up if you fall in love with the journey. And I know this sounds like parents, you know, just get back on the bike. you got it, have fun out there. You know, one of those cheesy things, but it's true. You really have to reprogram your brain to just continue to try to get better. So specific to my story we had a third business partner essentially found out that one of the core deliverables that we had built the company on initially was not scalable meaning if that one person wasn't here we couldn't replicate it in a profitable way we didn't have money we didn't even get a loan <laughs> like we're bootstrapping this stuff out of a basement and so making those hard decisions early it's like do i want a family do i want to continue to accelerate my career like there's an opportunity cost to these decisions of like How long am I going to really sprint at this to try to make this work before moving on to the next thing? And so we actually had to dismantle the first company that we started. It was very similar, a little twist on the name moving forward. So basically now it's my partner, you know, this other partner and I, and so we chose to niche down, which is just my experience. I won't tell anyone what to do, but like really focus on doing one or two things really well because the temptation when you're first starting is to just take it all because it's like, yes, it's money. I can pay my rent, you know? And it's like, yes, but that's also not scalable. You're building a business where you might be the sauce is what we call it. And now if you want a vacation or stop working, or you don't want to take phone calls at 8 PM at night, when you're with your family, you cannot be the center or the focus thinking and conceptualizing, how do I build a business that can run without me in the future? I can certainly play these parts now. Uh, one of the things I will recommend just to the listeners as a fun methodology is traction. That forced me to look at, there's all this scribbles behind me, look at your positions and your companies as seats. So there has to be a CEO, perhaps there has to be someone doing the activity, somebody doing billing. maybe you're sitting in all the seats, but at least it helps frame your mindset as I need to replace myself in these seats. This is somebody else's work. So- yeah very very hard time because our costs were so low we, we were able to quote unquote make profitability within a quarter but it's like what's profitability paying for ramen <laughs> it certainly wasn't paying a full-time salary yeah a lot of struggles i guess with with partnership dynamics uh, as we've grown um funding covid you know Goodness, I don't even want to mention that on the show because, but it's like, it's like all these variables that you can't control no matter how hard you try or work, it just happened to you. I'd say the thing that got me through to give people some like uplift is like network. Like, I know this is like not a cheesy, you know, nuclear networking itself doesn't even sell networks, but, but network power is a network or powers in proximity, hang out or surround yourself with as many people possible who can pour into you who have been there before or who are also going through the same things. And to clarify, there are, hey, I have a business idea. And then there is, I'm actually doing it and this is really hard. Hang out with those people. (laughs) There's no shortage of ideas, but like people who are actually in the grind or people who have made it out, you'll save yourself so much pain. And that's the best thing I I think I've learned throughout Mm -hmm. this entire process is find people smarter than you are and just listen and ask
1: questions. I loved what you said, and and I can totally relate. September 2020, I end up in emergency with my heart going 180 beats per minute. I had three episodes between September and April 2021. I mean, I live in Canada, so they did all the tests. I don't pay anything for it, so they did all the tests. You have high blood pressure and way too much stress in your life. They couldn't find anything wrong with my heart, so... That was a huge wake up call in my life that I needed to structure my business and how I did things uh, differently. I had the wonderful opportunity to spend some time with Brian Tracy and his son Michael a few years ago. And one of the things that, you know, Michael and I talked about was just what you said was that you want to build a business that can run without you. Yeah. And that's you know, I'm not there yet. I am working towards that in 2023. We're going to be working on making a huge chunk in that one. But I get it because you do hit the point where the business is you centered. And one of the things I got thinking about was, and and somebody had talked to me about this was, you know, maybe one day you don't want to do this business anymore. You know, how do you recruit your investment? If the business is you centered, you can't sell it.
2: Right. Happy to dive into that if you want. <laughs>
1: <laughs> normally i would but we're already a good yeah. chunk of the way through so sure. i want to make sure we actually cover today's but maybe we'll have you back again because i i think yeah. that that would be a good conversation for you and i sure. to have but i want you to just switch gears and because i know you've come prepared to talk about how to create a loyal network and i want yeah. to make sure our listeners get what they're expecting today
2: you got it happy to do so in one caveat just giving your your story and thanks for sharing that too. I typically don't share this on podcasts. I told you I knocked 10 years of stress off my life. I had almost total adrenal failure. Seriously, look that up. Look up adrenal fatigue, a lot of founders out there. Please I know take-
1: someone who completely burned out her adrenal, her adrenal yep. gland and no longer has a functioning one.
2: Yep, please take it seriously because all that stress comes at a cost and your body needs to take energy from somewhere. So I'll put a pin in that. And by the way, I'm okay. I'm here, like there is a way to reverse that, but, but you, to your point, can definitely take it seriously. Don't wait until you're in a hospital to go, man, I should stop stressing because we've all been there, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's not worth the cost and there are smarter ways to do things. And anyway, so with building, yeah, building your network and more so again, there's there's a lot of phrases that I live by and I know they're overused, but network defines net worth. It really does. The opportunity, cost. And, and I'm telling you, you know, everybody's got their own story. I grew up in a trailer in the Midwest, in the middle of nowhere, we did not have money. <laughs> However, <laughs> I did watch my dad work his butt off to do anything possible to pay bills. And I watched us go from a trailer to like a house. We finally got a house. And then we built our own house on a lake And like, you don't notice that stuff when you're younger, but when you're older, you're like, whoa, what happened? And he just, he decided, I'm gonna do everything possible to succeed. And I'm sure that our, you know, hopefully our family was his motivation too. But um, with that being said, if you can, so even if you come from that or wherever you're at right now in life, it doesn't matter. If you can surround yourself with affluent people, it's a fancy term we learn for people with money who have actually worked really hard. Um, because if, if you're wanting to learn how to work really hard, that's what you want to surround yourself with. There's a lot of people with money maybe that didn't work hard for it. So we'll, we'll, that's another conversation. But so I joined groups like EO, Entrepreneur's Organization. By the way, I get no commission, but Entrepreneur's Organization, there's two segments of EO. One is, hey, I have a business that operates and we make a million a year or we charge a million a year gross a million a year doesn't mean that's your profit now you can join these groups and and they help you do a b and c well what if you don't have a million a year like what if you're just starting and so there's a group called eoa and that's accelerators and they solely exist to help you grow and get you over a million dollars so now you're being taught scaling up you're being taught these methodologies which i highly recommend scaling up is a cool methodology eos is a cool methodology Um, but building network Surrounding yourself with those people, first and foremost, is what I'd recommend. Secondarily, as a business offering, if your business offering can help other businesses, give it away for free. And I know that sounds really counterintuitive. This is Tim Ferriss 101, by the way. So I'm not going to take credit for it. He was popular many years ago and still is. But if you can go to businesses, I'll use an experience share here. We sold at that time just SEO and SEM. So we drove traffic for people. That was it. So I can go to other companies that provided websites and things that we didn't, but they were still kind of cohesive or they were still mutually beneficial, right? We're serving the same audience. I'm like, look, can I do marketing for you for free? And uh, you're always gonna catch people off guard. Why would you give me something for free? Well, I have this really great analysis or insert your loss leader here. You have gotta have something of value you can give. I'd love to give this free marketing analysis to your customer base. Anyone you build a website for, are you okay with that? So I'm going to help you get more websites and grow your company. And all I'm asking in return is once you're done with the website, send them my way, I'll give them this free presentation. They don't even need to buy. Doing that tripled my business in a year. I kid you not, likely one of the main reasons that this company was successful. With more capital, you can do more things and and spread your wings. But when you're really on a finite budget, if your value is your time and you can offer that for free, not to individual customers. I know this sounds weird. But to creators of customers, big partners that have 20 different, 100 different customers themselves, you will rapidly accelerate your growth without any of the adrenal failure. so
1: I just want to stop there for a second and and I I really want the listeners you know if, if you kind of glazed over this section go back and listen to it again because what Tyler's sharing here is pure gold and he's not saying you don't network with other other individual people but if you can find and network with those influencers those people who have either a big client bases b big networks things like that and you become valuable to them yeah see it's it's not about what you get from them Mm -hmm. it's from what you give to them Mm -hmm. and i think that's really important because when you become valuable to those influencers there's a law of reciprocity at some point they're going to want to give back to you and i i love that that is pure gold tyler and I hope the audience <laughs> yeah. takes advantage of it. Yeah,
2: that patience, too, is important. That's worth saying. I've met some founders who are like, hey, we, you know, I did what you said and went out and gave something away for free and they asked what I could do for you and I asked for 20 clients. And it's like, oh, <laughs> like it's it's a catch-22 because we all need to eat, we need to pay bills, et cetera. Yeah. But what I would encourage people to do is try to genuinely and intentionally build relationship that will come around. People can sense anxiousness yeah and if they have quote-unquote made it or they're successful they have no shortage of network of people trying to sell them stuff and so if you're just there like hey I'd love to pour in help your business and sometimes the way you can get that back creatively through and I like Kim you're the master what what did you put it like the master of like the wordsmith, basically the master of words so here's a little (laughs) here's here's kind of a hint there would you mind grabbing a coffee with me i'd love to ask you some questions and just give me some you know some information about your experience and your journey and then you can go to those people and say okay so my next thing and please bring a pen and paper and write down because their time is valuable and they're they probably got a lot of great gold to share I'm really trying to grow my company do you have any recommendations you know what i mean like if they have a customer base or oh well maybe i could that's, that's a, that's a greater way to kind of start that conversation versus the direct ask. So,
1: yeah. Or even if like, let's say, you know, they have a specific client and you have that coffee chat, right. And, and yeah, pen and paper, because they're going to share some gold nuggets with you. Like people who are truly successful and I'm not talking like greedy, selfish people, but people are truly successful. They love to give their knowledge away. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I, I've met some famous people, Les Brown, Brian Tracy, things like that, you know, and I've had opportunities to talk to them. And they just, like, you ask them a question, they answer it. Yep. And they're like, that was just like, I yeah. can't believe you answered that question yeah. for me. Right. But, and bring that pen and paper and, and write it down or record it because you're going to want to go back and review it. But one thing I found that works really well is if you know one person that they know. And then don't make it a huge list, right? But if there's one person that you've really wanted to meet, right? And if you've been valuable, you know, you could say to them, hey, listen, I know, you know, so and so I'm, you know, I would really, you know, if you've, if you found me valuable, you know, would you be willing to introduce me? And a lot of times, you know, if if you haven't, if you've behaved properly, (laughs) right, they'll make that introduction for you.
2: Yep. Absolutely, they will. Uh, really, you know, since this is kind of built around authoring in books as well, you do not have because you do not ask. That's a wise phrase in a book. So that's, I think that's good. Like, ask anybody, to your point, any of those questions that you're kind of looking for, you'd be surprised. It's kind of a way for them to give back to, and they've been through the struggle. Like, they get it. It's it's cool to sit, quote unquote, on the mountaintop, which I'm certainly not there. I don't know about you, Kim, but it's like, I'm like, what is the mountaintop? I don't, I don't I actually see it. I think maybe
1: anything. about a third of the way there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't even know if there is an end to this journey. It's like, that is, that is the journey, is trying to constantly improve and grow. But a part of the way is like helping others who are capable because I've certainly been given gold nuggets that have helped me. And I, I know those people, a lot of them like to give back. So it's good to ask.
1: Yeah. But I do have a couple of questions for you. So we don't have to specifically talk about the book, but what was the process like in writing that book? So usually a question that I like to ask and the author to authority listeners already know what I'm going to ask you. What was the good, the bad and the ugly about publishing that first book? There's going to be a lot
2: of styling in my experience share here, right? So this is my personal preference. This may not be the right way to do it at all. But my strength is not in writing it's in speaking and this is this is conversational so this isn't a you know what i mean it's not we're not doing a prepared powerpoint More what i like to do is is talk through concepts not just factual but really speak to at least in my own experience the holistic life that i live absolutely intertwines and the simplest form that everybody can relate to you have a terrible day at work and you come home family or your friends are going to (laughs) notice and so like. You bring your stuff into other pieces of life. On the other hand, if your life is blowing up and then you go to work and try to act like everything's fine, people are going to notice. And so what I typically like to do is speak through either a experience shares, B interviews I've had with people far smarter than I am and have that transcribed, there's a little bot just for freebies for people out there. Uh, Firefly is one of them that I like to use. It's an AI bot. I'm an AI nerd, so I don't know. There's ChatGTP, there's Firefly. There's all these things that you can use. Firefly specifically records each user uh, and then transcribes that. And then you can kind of have that edited um, and kind of simmer it down. Uh, if you remember, the, if you remember, everybody remembers elementary school or middle school, they used to have us build contents. What's your book gonna be about? opening, you know, chapter one, chapter two, and then what are the sub, you remember that? So that like organization of content's really key, especially, you know, for a lot of founders and visionaries like myself, I have ADHD. It's tend to work in my favor if you can master that. But also, can you imagine that in a book without any organization, and be everywhere. Transcribing software has been really key for me. I would also say like part of authoring as well, obviously listening to, to key influencers, I'd say the ugliest part about publishing that I went through was man if you've never done that open to uh, constructive criticism but this is not the where you take your book and you walk into the publisher downtown New York and you're like hey would you consider carrying you know what I mean it's not that way the good news is there's a lot of other things you can do I personally, went through uh, Amazon's, uh, you might know this, Kim. I had to exclusively give my rights to the book that we published over to like Kindle and like their platforms for X amount of days. But the cool part, it was it was really low low cost and more. We kind of bootstrapped it and duct taped it together. I wish that I might have gone with a professional publishing route, just to be honest. And that's, be really candid, that's why I was like, hey Kim, let's not mention this book that I did. It's not, it's not something I'm super proud of. Um, and yeah, it's in a totally different industry, but that's kind of the ugliest part. So had I had more insight into, hey, I have these great ideas. Where do I take them once I have them? And then maybe get that mentorship and guidance before either giving up or before selling my you know book down the river to like a duct tape platform. <laughs> that's probably the best experience share I have there.
1: I-, I wanted you to share that, Tyler, because sometimes things don't always go right the first time.
2: Right. Yep.
1: Right. And so we, we learned from it. You know, when I wrote my first three or four books, I had no money. Okay. Like trying to put together a hundred dollars for a course was a lot oh, yeah. for me. Yep. And so I Googled everything, you know, I bought five and $10 courses that would answer, you know, a specific question the computer almost went out the window, I don't know how many times, and the only reason it didn't is because my husband's a computer guru and he probably would have divorced <laughs> me. I came within a hair's breadth, I don't know how many times, and not even writing the first book. Yeah. And there was so much I learned through the process that kind of prepared me. And at that point, you know, I was I was in network marketing and that. So I was just writing books to help people. Publishing wasn't even a thought, right. yep. not even a dream, nothing. And that didn't even come till years later. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes those first books are not the greatest. Right. Yeah. You know, I look back at them sometimes and think, oh, I've got to get time to rewrite those because they're just, they're okay, but they're not great. But I think what's important is the fact that what you learned through that experience. And one thing I've learned as a publisher And I work with a lot of people like you, Tyler, is you've got the message, you've got the knowledge, you've got the teaching. But the biggest thing you said is how do you organize it? And I think that's where, you know, having a publisher, having that good editor comes into play because they can take all of those ideas, you know, and, and put it into writing. And like you said, your strong point is speaking. And what most people don't realize is that they're usually stronger in one than the other. I have interviewed people whose strength is more writing and I can tell when I interview them. yeah if I got them to write everything out, it probably would have been beautiful. They were speaking <laughs> it. it wasn't as strong right? right So you're usually stronger in one one than the other right And it's good to recognize that mm-hmm. and go with your strengths. If your strength is in writing and you have to speak, especially if you're online like doing a zoom yeah theres sometimes I've actually written it out. And I put it on my computer screen below the camera and sometimes I'm reading stuff and I've gotten so good at it. People don't even know I'm reading it. (laughs) I've done whole speeches where I used my word and I've got my, my thumb on the mouse and I'm teleprompting it. I'm reading it as I go and people didn't even know I was doing it. Right. So it goes both ways and it's good to recognize where your strength is. And if your strength is not in writing, it's in speaking. Then, like you said, you can speak out a whole lot of stuff, get it transcribed and then, you know, have those good editors work with them. Now, you know, at RTI Publishing, we do a lot of interviews and sometimes our clients write and sometimes we interview them, whatever works for them. And then we take it and we transform that right yeah. into into well-written chapters that become a book so thank you so much for being vulnerable and sharing that with us tyler i really appreciate it so before we go because we're at the end here two things tyler i want to give you an opportunity to share one final thought and then if people have been listening to this and they're like i really need to connect with tyler yeah. do you have anything free you to give away and how can people get a hold of you
2: yeah i do um yeah so I, I must practice what i preach right it's like provide free value but NukeNet or nuclearnetworking.com that if, if you reference uh obviously any contact forms my direct email too happy to provide that tyler at nuclearnetworking.com if you're a business owner i'm happy to provide free education free consultation around competitor deconstruct so that's a mouthful but before, before we, so I, I work in private equity now, before we go invest in other companies and start companies to begin with, I want to know what's the likelihood of success based on how many people are looking for what I'm selling, how competitive it is, is anyone else doing it, and is what they're doing working? I can provide all that for free, and so that would be the offer I can give to to help reduce the leap of faith when you're jumping into entrepreneurship. (laughs)
1: That is so awesome. Thank you so much. This has been Kim Thompson Pinder and Tyler Horsley on the Author to Authority podcast. Just want to encourage you to leave a review. If you've enjoyed this, that's a way that you can give thanks to any of the podcasts that you listen to. You don't know how much joy it brings to a podcast host when they see that there's a new review there. So if you've enjoyed it, please leave us a review, subscribe, connect with Tyler. Those are the things that make doing this podcast so enjoyable. So I want to wish everyone a great day, and we'll see you on the very next episode. Bye now.
0: You've been listening to the Author to Authority podcast. The extraordinary word ninja, Kim Thompson Pinder, has helped over 200 entrepreneurs, professionals, speakers, and coaches write and publish their books that have become incredible marketing tools for their business, and many of those have gone on to become Amazon best-selling authors and have used their books to land high-level clients and get on big stages. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit the website at www.author2authoritypodcast.com. See you next time.